Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. This is Cruise Control. Control. Your on-air automotive magazine with co-hosts Fred Staub and Les Jackson. Control. Everything you need to know about new and used cars. Control. Industry news. We'll fix or repair your car on the air. Control. Fasten your seatbelts and let us take the wheel. Now, your ride is about to begin. Control. Because you're on Cruise Control. Cruise Control. Cruise Control. That's right. It's begun. Cruise Control. Welcome to your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Fred Staub. Along for the ride, as always, is Les Jackson. We are ready to rock and roll with some great automotive stories. We've got a great guest this hour, so you've tuned into the right place. And we're going to start off this hour with the story, So Long Hemi and Hello Hurricane. That's right, the Hemi is going away, and Stellantis reveals its straight-six twin-turbo powerhouse that upstages the V8s, Les Jackson. More horsepower than the standard Hemi. Pretty cool. This is all kind of uh, the the after uh, after effect of what's been learned in Formula One. Anyway... Uh, Electrify America. You're gonna. If you're not familiar with this, you're gonna certainly will be. Uh, they want to build a destination charging station with plenty of amenities, and we're going to have Ben Trinan, uh, who's uh, a former con. Oh, I'm sorry. No, we're not. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think you're. He is something else with Stellantis. Yeah, we're going to talk uh, about we're that. Talk about it because they've really come up. I think with the new way service stations are going to be. Yeah, I would agree, Les Jackson. And uh, also, um, yes, you were right. Electrify America wants to build that destination charging station. But we are also going to talk about some new models from Honda, including the HRV and possibly the return of the Honda Civic Hybrid. Hopefully they put some more ponies in that HRV, I have a neighbor who says <laughs> she calls it the granny car. She says yeah, it just has no of, power. A lot of people, a lot of people say it's just just slow. Yeah, so uh, uh, they're going to work on that. Anyway, uh, back to the guy <laughs> I mentioned before. Uh, it's time for this year's Drive for Design contest uh, that Stellantis holds. They look to discover future automotive designers. Uh, I was ruled out many, many times (laughs) because I can't draw. Uh, Ram designer and uh, 1996 winner Ben Trinan joins us, takes uh, us inside the design studio. I'm always impressed with these guys, Um, uh, how they can do this and, and end up pressing it out in metal is just magic to me yeah i think we'll we'll talk to ben about the contest obviously because they have a new version coming up uh this year and then we'll also uh talk about what he's working on uh he's working i believe on the interior in the interior design uh area of uh, ram pickup trucks so we'll talk about that and trends in interiors and i'm sure it will be a fun time So stay tuned to Cruise Control. Don't forget, check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Link over to our Facebook page or Twitter feed and more. So 
There it is, cruisecontrolradio.com. I'm Fred Staub. He is Les Jackson. We will be right back. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. I'm Les. He's Fred. Hello. You know us. We're here every week. <laughs> yeah. Um, hey, there's a hurricane coming. <laughs> don't, don't close your windows. This is a good hurricane. It's, a, it's an engine. Yeah, it's a it's a V six. It's three liters. It's a straight six, actually. I'm sorry. Yeah, you're right. It's a straight six, um, and you know it doesn't sound like much. Okay, well, gee whiz, straight six, three liters, uh, but it's 500 plus horsepower. It's twin turbo, and it's going to replace the Hemi. Yeah, and because here because the Hemi weighs more. Way, the Hemi, I did not know this. The current Hemi engine has an iron block. Yep. Um, and that weighs a lot. <laughs> uh, yeah, probably, yeah, probably 600 pounds. And, and here's the thing. This is a clean sheet engine. Uh, it is a straight six. It is three liters. It's twin turbocharged. Uh, and what they're saying is, is it will offer... Uh, V8 power. There's going to be two versions so far, a 400 horsepower version with 450 pound-feet of torque, while there will be another one, a 500 horsepower version with 475 pound-feet of torque. Now, you might say, oh, wow, well, that's good numbers, but does it match what the Hemis are doing? Actually, it does. Uh, It actually exceeds them, uh, and it's a lot lighter. So this means better fuel economy. And the thinking is, we're going to see this at the New York Auto Show. It will be officially revealed. And the thinking is, the first thing it will go into is Jeep Grand Cherokees and Jeep Grand Wagoneers. Uh, because it it will a- absolutely help their mileage, um, their fuel economy, and lighten them up a lot. You're taking a lot of weight off that front suspension, aren't you? You are probably upwards of, uh, you know, 200 pounds. That's amazing. That really is. That's like having someone sit on your hood and then telling them to get off your hood, right? Yeah, that's right. And and it affects handling. It affects braking. It, you know, it's just, as they say, weight begets weight. So the old rule, there's no replacement for displacement is no longer valid. Not true anymore. Yeah. Uh, it's just how much... Can you squeeze into the engine? The thing is, too, this will be, this will run on. Um, a couple of people were asking, will this run on uh, premium? It will probably premium will be suggested for maximum power output, but it will also run on regular as well. Yep, and Has the to. Com- computer will uh, turn it down. Um, so I, I'm pretty excited about this. Now they're saying it won't immediately replace the V6 and other vehicles like the uh, Jeep, Jeep Wrangler, and um, other vehicles like that. But probably the Wagoneer, which probably has horrendous mileage (laughs) Uh, with with its uh, V8, um, it will uh, will replace that and shave a lot of engine weight off of this. Um, I'm pretty excited about it. Um, It looks sort of like a 
it almost doesn't look like a straight six. It almost looks like a uh, V six. There's a yeah. lot of stuff hanging off the sides of it. Sort of looks, sort of looks like a four. Yeah, it sort of looks like, yeah, a, like a straight look, four, like a box. You know. Yeah, and um, three liters is you know not much space. That's divided by six. That's you know point five liters uh, in each cylinder. That's about a pint. Think about this. Um, think about the the numbers that Ford pulls out of their three point five liter V six, yeah, twin turbocharged engine. I think in the the hottest tune is like four fifty. Uh, so this is smaller. Uh, it's a different cylinder configuration, and it actually makes more power. So there you go. <laughs> Welcome to the future. Imagine this. I imagine this in like. Uh, the police car chargers and that they'll get better <laughs> fuel economy and even more power. So uh, pretty exciting stuff. The hurricane. And we'll be talking more about this uh, when, um, when it's revealed officially at the New York auto show coming up in a couple of weeks. So pretty cool. Now, have you ever thought of a gas station as a uh, kind of a destination station? Less. Uh, I not, mean, not a destination. But as a pleasant place, I think the closest thing we have on the East Coast are the sheets. Yeah. Stations. They're bright. They're clean. They're, they have a good chicken sandwich. They make a good chicken they sandwich. They do. Yeah. Fresh, you know. Um, but most people, I mean, for most people, it's just the rack of stale cookies or something. But Electrify America wants to change that. Uh, not just sugary drinks, but a, an actual amenity-filled location to charge your car. We're going to talk about that when we come back on Cruise Control, so stay tuned. Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. You know what I like to do on a Saturday night less is just hang out at the old fill-in station. How about you? Me too. You know, it's fun to clean the oil cans. Um, <laughs> you know, polish the dipsticks. Yeah, maybe change the water in the, uh, in the, you know, with the greasy water in the windshield yeah. cleaning uh Tub. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, uh, let's just say gas stations typically nowadays are places you go, you fill up, with the exception of some of the places around here that make good sandwiches and that. But uh, most of the time, you just get in there, get it done, and and leave. But Electrify America has other plans. Now, Electrify America, of course, I guess you could say is the gas station of the future, is a charging station. But they want to take it upscale the charging station of the future that's what they were talking about this week one thing they want to cover the spots and put solar panels over them solar awnings i think that's a good idea very smart very get, smart get the energy there and, and they also want to have things like valet charging and customer waiting areas indoors and out dedicated event spaces and electrical electric vehicle showcase area uh, sort of like a hybrid between a car dealership and a gas station, and 
you know, one with amenities where you can go do something. I always thought, you know, when when electric vehicles were getting uh, coming up in our consciousness, that I always thought this is the idea for a store to have it out front. You're doing something else. Your battery's charging. I mean, right. no nobody sits there and charges their cell phone and says, "I'm going to sit and charge my cell phone and watch watch the battery indicator." Well, maybe you don't. Well, yeah, less. and you know, here our typical gas station is you're you're filling your gas, you're trying to clean your window with the out of the out of that trough where the the wand is with the sponge on it that actually put, puts dirt on the window. Yeah, that's it. Uh, and it you just want to get out of there. Uh, the the nicest stations we have ever been is uh, my wife and I are the stations in Italy. Uh-huh. Uh, the gas stations are all beautifully clean. They have cappuccino bars in them. They have pastries. They okay. have uh, salads and nice meals. <laughs> and you want to stay there. It's like a, a restaurante. Um, right. I also heard that you buy food at the gas stations in Iceland. A friend that went there and he said, "Oh that, yes, <laughs> that's that's the place to do it." So uh, who knows? Maybe maybe there's an Electrify America, you know, destination station in your in your future. We'll have to see. But let's talk about something that will be happening a little bit sooner. Now this may not happen in the U.S., but in Europe. Honda released their Honda Civic Hybrid based on the 11th generation platform. Right here, we get the Honda Insight, which is really the older model uh, Honda Civic. It's based on the 10th generation. Mm -hmm. uh, this this one, though, that is um, was just brought out for the European market, I'm hoping it comes to the U.S. It is a hatchback. It's a four-door. It uh, gets power from a two-liter direct injection Atkinson cycle four-cylinder. And uh, they're talking fuel economy, 55 miles to the gallon in the city, 49 on the highway for mm. a really nice sedan. Yeah, I said sedan. What do you think about that, Liz? I, I love the idea. Uh, I encourage sedans. Certainly encourage hybrids. Um, they, they, you know, they have proven themselves now for twenty years or more. Yeah. So why not? I, I hope they do bring it here because, first of all, think about that. Adding that to your fleet, uh, the fuel economy numbers, the average goes way up. Right. It's a great looking vehicle. I mean, it looks like the eleventh generation Civic. Um, you know, would they bring the hatchback version here? I'm hoping. I think the hatchbacks make sense. I, I unlike a lot of Americans, uh, like a good hatchback because I think it it makes sense and it Same makes here. storage easy. But we'll have to see if they bring it here. The other thing that they announced this week is that the the HRV is going to get a is going to be completely new, and that's going to be revealed, I believe, uh, on the fourth. Uh, May, uh, April 4th, and this is a vehicle that certainly needs a, a redo. I have a, a neighbor here who, as I mentioned earlier on the show, calls it the granny car because it can't get out of its own way. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> and I think if if the rumors are true, uh, we're going to get more power from the HRV. And it's certainly an important vehicle in the Honda lineup. It's a compact SUV. 
And I think they want to play in that field a little bit stronger, wouldn't you say? Oh, definitely. I mean, that's a, you know, it's, you have to play in that field. It's everybody's buying them. Yeah. You, you just have to do it. And you have to. I, I would love to see them do something like this uh, Honda Civic hybrid powertrain in the new vehicle. Uh, and it's 181 horsepower, but you get that uh, you get that kick right away, the hybrid kick off the line. I think that would do the trick. And, uh, you know, it, it would just make them a, a leader in that market other than a vehicle that is slightly underpowered. As I, as I think we both discussed, as the internal combustion, they try to eke out more efficiency out of the internal combustion-powered vehicles. I think the drivability suffers a little bit when they do, uh, you know, nine-speed uh, automatics sometimes. And, um, yeah. you know, it's, it's really tuned. It's really tuned for economy than anything else. It's tuned for leisurely acceleration. Yes, and if you put it in a if you put it in a um, uh, a mode, uh, you know we had that experience a number of years ago with a Z4 BMW was in the economy mode, and it felt <laughs> it it felt like we were towing Wait. like a, a trailer yeah. filled with rocks, right? There was no acceleration yeah, whatsoever. Uh, we, we thought. Boy, this is disappointing. Yeah, it's like then I was like, "What does this switch do?" And it's like, "Wow, it's, <laughs> holy mackerel!" It's like somebody just swapped out the cam and put on freer flowing uh, heads and yeah. and some headers. You know, it it really woke it up. So that's just something to think about when you're driving a new car. Check that drive mode where it's left. Um, and I was just in one. It said the smart. It said something like smart mode. But it was terrible because when I put it in, it was just it just lagged and it wouldn't accelerate. It felt like the transmission was really shifting yeah. slowly. And so many have eco mode. Yeah, eco mode, which varies from car to car. You never quite know what it is. Yeah, and I find also today those drive modes make a lot bigger difference than they used to in the past. It was like it was just a switch. <laughs> was it attached to yeah. anything? But was, now they make a bigger difference. Was, yeah. So uh, that's just something to remember if you're in a brand new vehicle and you're like, why is this? Why is this lagging so much? And you know, it could be you're in a in a very economy oriented drive mode. But here's a vehicle that is not an economy uh, oriented vehicle. This was a. A, a drive for design winner from her guest who will be coming up after the ba break, Ben Trinan. He's a former contest winner and a current designer at Stellantis. Drive for Design is a great contest where uh, younger folks that want to are thinking about getting into the automotive design field can um, submit their entries and they they win some great prizes including, uh, you know, well, I guess what, this is what led Ben to his job at Stellantis. So we will, we will get that, the info from Ben when we come back. This was his take, though, on a charger for um, 2025, for the year 2025. And there's a different, there's a different um, challenge every year. So we'll find out what the Drive for Design challenge is this year. Uh, and Ben will be joining us right after the break. So stay tuned to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We will be right back. 
Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com, where you can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter. It's all there. And we got some great, uh, great new videos up there on our Facebook page. So check them out as well. We'll be right back. We are live every Saturday at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information. Cruise Control. Hey, welcome back. Welcome back. I'm Les. He's Fred. And very shortly, we're going to be visited by uh, Ben Trinan, who's the is a designer with Stellantis and... Uh, we talked early uh, when, at the, when the beginning of the show that you know that how how talented these people are. Yeah, they they sure are. And you look at Ben's uh, submission uh, to the contest, and uh, this is uh, this is a beautiful piece of art. Look at that thing. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah, it, it's pretty it's amazing. Just, yeah, and there's a lot riding on it. You know, when, when you're <laughs> when you're designing a car for a company. I there bet. we go. Yeah, there, there you is. are. There's Ben. Hey, Ben. Hi. Welcome, welcome to Cruise Control. We appreciate uh, you uh, being on the show. Uh, we're talking about the Drive for Design contest. This is a contest that was kind of integral to your career, right? I mean, tell tell us a little bit about what it is first of all. Yeah, so um, about uh, 10 years ago, my boss, Mark Trossel, uh, decided to start this competition. It was kind of based off of a competition he did back in high school. Um, it was very similar, you know, it was a uh, sketch and design a car and submit it. Um, and it was just really to get young students involved in uh, the field of automotive design. So fast forward um, to 2016, that's when I won the competition. Um, you know, I really didn't know anything about the field of automotive design. I love drawing cars. I love drawing planes, you know, anything mechanical. Uh, but I really didn't know there was a, a clear opportunity for that. So, you know, in a lot of ways, it really kind of established my path. It kind of helped me decide where to go to college. And, um, you know, it just really got me to fall in love with the field of design, also Stellantis and its brands. Now, yeah. what did you study in college that directly uh, helped prepare you to be a designer? So I went to a, uh, a specific design school called the College for Creative Studies in Detroit. And uh, it's overall an art school, but it's got a very strong design program. So my major was a Bachelor of Fine Arts, but focusing in transportation design. So what they taught in school was very directly what we do in the industry. They teach you um, skills in sketching, rendering. They teach you how to model in 3D, build things in CAD. They teach you to understand vehicle packaging and architecture. Um, so, you know, in many ways, pretty much what we did in school was exactly what I'm doing now in my career. That is amazing. I mean, let's look at what you uh, put together for the design Drive for Design contest what, what what were you uh, trying to get with uh, here, Ben? This looks like a charger to me. That's right. Yeah. So the competition in 2016 was from the Dodge brand, and they asked students to 
uh, sketched their vision for a 2025 Dodge Hellcat. And me personally, I love the Charger. Uh, I love muscle and I love sedans. So I just wanted to kind of blend those together. And really, it was all about just designing an awesome car that I would want to drive. So I gave it these big Viper-inspired haunches, um, you know, the kind of classic crosshair grill, this really menacing front end, and then just this totally exaggerated width, you know, just something really dramatic and impactful. Now, I got to I got to ask, um, designers tend we, we we have a thing around here at Cruise Control. Designers tend to not include rear view mirrors or door handles on their designs. <laughs> Uh, and I said, by the time a design gets rear view mirrors and door handles, then, you know, it's probably a go. Uh, why is that? I think as designers, we like to just sketch the car as pure as possible. We like to exaggerate the size of the wheels. Um, you know, we slam the glass way down, give it more of a hot rod look. And then we leave everything off. That's just, you know, kind of messes up the style we really like to when we're sketching just keep it as simple and as pure as possible but once you get a theme selected in the industry and you start going through kind of um, going into the clay modeling process and start feasing out a design then you got to think about part breakup um, panel gaps where the doors are going to open packaging you know air conditioning all kinds of things but in essence you know it's just we personally like to just keep it as cool as possible when we're doing the sketch. And it's all really about selling the sketch. You know, you want your, your image that you put on the wall when your managers come in, you want your image to stand out the most. Well, yeah, this design of the, uh, uh, of the, of the, of the, uh, of the, cha the charger, um, it, it looks like a Le Mans racer and it, you look at the picture and uh, you just want to get in and drive it. So now when you designed it, I assume you're actually trying to create that, oh boy, I want to get in this uh, feel. Is there a principle that that you use to develop that or or do you just play with your imagination? Uh, I think it's a little bit of both, you know, Anything I design, and I believe that anything that gets put on the road should embody sort of a soul. You know, you should look at it and it should kind of let you project your own personality onto the car. And a lot of that is, I think, if you're going to design a car, you should want to drive it. You know, you should be like, wow, that really, that's really captivating. I really am excited. Maybe it, even if it's not a driver's car, I think a vehicle needs to have a soul and i think so much of that comes from sort of that front end either the car has you know sort of like a happy face or it has like a menacing mask <laughs> in this case this case this car is definitely mean that's right i'm going to eat up the road yeah oh yeah yeah you know that menacing uh, look um Ben is, uh, it's funny, people are doing that with Jeeps. They're add, adding it on. They call it the evil eye. Uh, it's kind of a, it's kind of a trend nowadays, but, uh, tell us a little bit about what you're working on. I mean, what happened? You won this contest, you went to, you went to school, uh, and then obviously you stayed in touch, uh, with then FCA now Stellantis folks and, uh, how that all progressed. 
Yeah, so kind of, you know, going back um, when I was in high school, I won this competition. Um, and one of the rewards uh, for winning was a summer program at the College of Creative Studies. So that's where I actually ended up going to school. Um, and, you know, that was kind of like my first dive into what the industry was. But then through school, you know, you learned um, all these techniques, sketching, rendering, and all the all the time I was in school, a couple people from uh, at the time, Chrysler, Mark Trosel specifically, who was the head of the Dodge uh, brand exterior studio, he would reach out and kind of just be like, hey, can you send me your work? Um, wow. You know, I'd like to see what you're doing. And then he'd give me feedback. And the great thing about this competition is the people who participate, the company likes to keep a close eye on them. You know, they kind of want to facilitate that talent. Um, we kind of use it, it as like a, a pseudo recruiting technique. You know, we want to keep an eye on these kids, uh, kind of fuel their passion, kind of keep them interested. And um, many of them, we end up giving internships. And in a few cases, mine specifically, they end up getting jobs at the company. Yeah, it it, it, it is amazing, Les. You know, it's sort of a... Uh, it, you know, it's, it's like the old idea of apprenticeship and I think it's, I think it's great. I think it is too. What, what is a typical day? Like, you know, no, obviously you're designing something right now. Uh, let's, let's just say it's an SUV. Well, he's um, actually working for Ram. Well, it's a truck, which is uh, <laughs> even bigger. So, um, you, you go in you, now, now you, presumably at some point you've already designed a basic uh, look of this thing. So, but is a typical day where you're honing out the details on say the doors um, and what the openings are going to be at what point do you have to become less of a designer and more of an engineer to make this thing work? I think, yeah, that's a great question. Um, you know, there's, there's so many different stages of the process um, so I've, I've worked on interiors and exteriors, but it's all kind of the same process. You might start a project and you're given like a brief from your management and they say, this is kind of the attitude we want this, this design to embody. Um, so then every, every designer kind of competes, uh, but they also kind of collaborate and, you know, you just, you try to get to that, what we call a theme. Um, and then once you pick the theme, that's kind of like the visual design. You start kind of diving into the modeling. Um, and then, you know, a couple months later, you'll start to get involved with engineering. And that's really when you, you start to see how your design is affected by the engineering criteria. But all the meanwhile, um, you still are designing. You're still being very creative and sketching because sometimes an engineer might come to you and say, you know, this, this shape of event or where this headlight lives isn't going to work. Can we have some proposals to uh, to update the design? But it's all about maintaining that original theme. All right. Um, well, we're gonna we're gonna take a break, uh, Ben. So stay tuned with to Cruise Control. We will be right back and more of a look inside the world of design. So stay tuned. Cruise Control is your on-air automotive magazine. Check us out at cruisecontrolradio.com.
Cruise Control. And welcome back to Cruise Control, your on-air automotive magazine. We are talking about one of our favorite topics, automotive design. Ben Trinan, who is a former contest winner, or he actually is a contest winner. He can't be a former contest winner, but he he uh, was a, a winner of the Drive for Design contest uh, a while back, and that led him to a career as a designer at Ram. And uh, uh, Ben was just going to show us what he was working on this week, but he decided not <laughs> he'd probably <laughs> like to continue working at yeah, Stellantis. Probably not a good idea. Yeah. So, um, but uh, Ben, uh, what are some of your, I mean, like we were talking about this uh, drawing cars. It starts for people drawing cars uh, on their notebooks and just scratching things out. And it's probably some of the biggest fun because you're talking, uh, you start with a piece of paper and a pencil. And uh, we just said during the break that everyone should really try it because you might be good at it. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I definitely agree. And I think that's, that's the great thing about this competition. When uh, students are younger, I think a lot of kids really enjoy drawing and they, you know, they love artistic uh you know, exploring, sketching, painting. And I think a lot of that kind of falls off at some point. So kind of the, the purpose of this is to encourage students from a young age and in some ways bypass the parents a little bit and let them know that you can go to art school and get a, a very, very fun and also lucrative career. Um, but back to that sketching, you know, it, it's an interesting because that small like post-it note size sketch is so critical throughout your entire career, whether it's actually designing a car just in small scale, maybe you're on a plane and you're sketching, but also when you're working with the engineers, having that little sketch is just so helpful to communicate a quick idea like, hey, what if we built it this way instead? So, you know, drawing is just, it's it's very exciting, but also just being able to do it as a career is incredible. And, and that's the thing of a design. I mean, we talked about that before on the show where you might have a great design and the engineer will say, well, I can't mount that box. I need to back there. So you're going to have to change it. So there's a lot of back and forth. And then, hey, other designers weigh in and design is like art. I mean, it's subjective. I mean, you might think it's great. And someone says, no, I don't want, as you were saying earlier, the vents shaped that way. Or, uh, you know, I, I want the door panel to go in a different way. Um, so I, I guess part of, part of being a designer is really working well with others because it's not like, Hey, I came up with this great design and that's, that's what I want. Yeah, absolutely. Um, there is, you know, there's an individual side of it where, you know, you as the designer, you're sketching on something and you're trying to come up with that, that really great sketch, um, trying to capture that theme, but you never can just completely fall in love with one of your designs because, the cars you see on the road are the culmination of hundreds and hundreds of people's input and expertise. And, you know, um, you might get told something won't work that you're just, you absolutely love about your design, but you need to just go back and, you know, keep working at it and, you know, trying to capture that theme because, you know, it's not just about the design. It's about making the vehicle efficient and, you know, manufacturable and marketable to the, the consumer. Yeah, that's it. If you can't build it less, uh, it doesn't. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> Not much use. How much time have you got? You know, from the from the day that the designers or the the the, the uh, everybody in charge says, "Okay, we're going to build the new model of Ram," 
um, start designing. How much time passes between then and when uh, the final design is okay that they're ready to start pressing panels? You know, it's um, it really just kind of depends. Sometimes there are programs that go on for a long, long time. Uh, you'll hear about like some supercars might take 10 years to develop, but then at the same wow. time, sometimes there might be a very fast paced program that takes only a few years. So, uh, it, you know, it just really depends on how much development and um, just sort of the timeline of when the vehicle is going to be released. You know, you can do it very quickly, but you can also really just take your time with the process. Yeah. And I think uh, we've been doing some stories on how you know, people want these models faster now. It's turning over. Of course, everyone is moving towards electric vehicles. So that's generating some of it. Uh, the key thing, though, I think is no matter what they're powered by, or even if you're not driving them, it's it's all about passion and design. And it, we, you can't take that out of it and just have them all look like, you know, uh, a, an egg on wheels. It has to be something that inspires people because otherwise it would be like clothing. You would just have a shirt and a pair of pants for everyone that looked the same and you wouldn't bother <laughs> making them any differently. <laughs> it wouldn't, it wouldn't make sense, but, but let's talk about the drive for design contest this year. What is the challenge this year? You were tasked with building a, a Hellcat for the future, which the future was 2025, which probably that those cars are already designed, but uh, what is the what is the task for this year's uh, entrance into Drive for Design? Yeah, so this year we really want students to explore their vision of the Chrysler brand and what that means in an electrified space, um, and kind of just some of the the buzzwords we you know we want them to think about is like you know this this futurism and this this kind of revival of like what could Chrysler mean to people, uh, specifically like this younger generation that we're asking to design this car? What could Chrysler mean to them? You know, you throw away the, the sort of paradigms that um, a lot of us think about what Chrysler was, and we just really want to see what this new future could be. Very cool, very cool. Well, now if people want to enter the contest, where do they go? Uh, how would they enter this uh, Stellantis drive for design? So the competition runs about two months and they can go to stellantisdriveforddesign.com. And we just encourage students to submit sketches that are either, they can be pencil sketches, they can have marker renderings, or they can be fully digital sketches. But we encourage them to take your sketches, photograph or scan them in and put them on a digital page and then uh, submit that to the website before the deadline. Yeah, that that's cool stuff. I mean, do you draw uh, when you when you did your entry entry there um, a while back? Did you draw that actually uh, maybe in Photoshop or did you draw it with actual pencils? Uh, how how did you put that together? So to get to the design that you see here, I did a lot of pencil ideation that wasn't shown in the final design. But then um, over the course of, I'd say a few weeks, I really just honed in on this design, sketching it in Photoshop, as you said, um, getting that line drawing and then adding color, you know, you kind of start adding the wheels and the glass 
And then you really just start building on top of that rendering to really, you know, get the reflections, get the shininess of the car and just get that. Uh, we call it like a juicy sketch. You know, it wants to be colorful and kind of pop off the page. Right. Or pop pop Impressive. off the floor of the dealership, Les. Yeah, that's actually that's got to be great for a designer when something they actually design ends up in the showrooms and you, you know, you say, hey, I, I designed that. And of course, they say, oh, sure, you did. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, pretty pretty cool stuff pretty cool stuff and and i think also you think about the legacy ben of the things that you design um and it carries on and i mean it carries on for decades that's got to be a, a lot of people can't say that it's almost like the only thing else i can think of is like an architect yeah mm -hmm. yeah definitely so that's that's kind of one of the goals in the back of everyone's mind is you know every thing you work on, even if it's a small little city car, a compact or an SUV, everything's got to be done with love because it's going to stay on the road for a long time. Not only does it have to live in market for about eight years, but people will own that car for years and years to come. And yep. you still want it to embody some soul during that time. Absolutely. Well, Ben, try, try and we appreciate you joining us. We'll have to have you back and talk more design at some point. Right now, it's time for me to say I'm Fred Staub. I'm Les Jackson. We're going to see you down the road. Bye. Cruise Control streams live every Saturday starting at 10 a.m. Eastern. Watch us live on Facebook and YouTube. Details are in this podcast's episode information.